We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the Dane Moore NBA podcast brought to you by the Genesis Company. Coming out Thursday evening, it's April 13th, before the Wolves play the Thunder on Friday night. And on today's show, uh, we're going to do two different things. Um, I'm going to start off by just giving you uh, the updates we got from practice on Thursday. Play a handful of clips from that. Rudy Gobert spoke for the first time since his altercation with uh, Kyle Anderson. Not only on uh, where he and Kyle are at, uh, but Gobert uh, talked about physically where where he is at uh, going into this Friday night game. Anthony Edwards also spoke about the game he played against the Lakers. And we asked him about where he is physically after taking uh, that fall and clearly not looking like himself in the fourth quarter against the Lakers. So that, a couple other notes from practice. Now, then after the, the solo segment, the second segment of the show will be with Andrew Schlecht from The Athletic, who covers the Oklahoma City Thunder. I've actually already recorded that with him, and we just get into some things uh, that I got uh, at practice today, but also just uh, into the the matchup of the Wolves versus the Thunder. It's one of those segments that I do from time to time where I go on another team-specific show and then just kind of take the audio from that conversation and plug it in over here. I, I hope those conversations are valuable in getting the other team's perspective on the Wolves, and then also I can just throw some questions that I have about the opponent uh, at the guest as well. So we'll get into that in the second half of the episode, but let's uh, let's start with Rudy. Uh, he humored a few questions about the scuffle uh, with Anderson before asking uh, to focus on, on the next game. I personally found uh, what he shared about his back spasms and how those are still bothering him to be the most interesting part uh, of his, his comments at practice today. Gobert did say that he... Had he not been suspended for Tuesday's game, that he still probably would not have played in that game against the Lakers. He also said he should not have played in game 82 uh, against the Pelicans, which, wow, uh, that would have had a pretty uh, substantial butterfly effect. But going forward is what matters, right? Uh, here's Gobert when asked uh, Thursday afternoon how the back is now and if and if the Thunder game were today, if, if he would play. But do you not know how you'll feel until game time tomorrow? Or you can tell right now that your back's okay. Uh, like I said, you know, it's getting better every day. Uh, I still today I don't I can't move like a 
I would like to be moving. But every day has been better, so hopefully tomorrow is better. Okay, but like right now, if the game was tonight, you wouldn't play tonight? If the game was tonight, I would try, but I would warm up and see how it goes, but uh, I wouldn't be able to move like I would like to Sorry about the bouncing basketballs in the back of that audio. They were doing a shooting drill uh, right next to us as we talked to Rudy. But anyway, uh, I I leave those comments from Gobert personally, just operating under the assumption that Gobert will play on Friday against Oklahoma City. It does, you know, Finch said they haven't ruled him out. I guess it's somewhat in question. Maybe, I don't know, Rudy said he shouldn't have played in the Pelicans game. If the back's in the same place, does he feel the same way in a must-win game? I, I don't know. But if Rudy does play, again, what I'm assuming for this entire episode, it, I, I think his role is going to be really important in this game. The Thunder are obviously a very small team, and that provides right a, a real opportunity for the Wolves to, to, in theory, you know beat them up, but specifically beat up the Thunder on the glass. And OKC, just looked it up, was the third worst defensive rebounding team in the league during the regular season. And while, yes, despite being big, the Wolves were not a good offensive rebounding team this season, they do have very good, off, or they did have very good offensive rebounding numbers. This, weird, this year, if you isolate for the minutes that Cat and Rudy both played together, I mean, Rudy should be a real weapon on the offensive glass in this matchup specifically, if not for you know, grabbing putbacks himself, but just for the reason that you have to be really intentional about him if you're the Thunder when shots go up. Even if Rudy doesn't have eight offensive rebounds himself, you know, I think that attention could create a lot of offensive rebounding opportunities for his season or for his teammates. That that obviously, though, we know we learned this year that that's a, a delicate balance. Is the other side of the equation with offensive rebounding, which is getting back in transition defense and as good as the offensive rebounding numbers have been when Cat and Rudy are on the floor this year. The Wolves have gotten cooked in transition. 16.3% of the defensive possessions that Cat and Rudy played while they both shared the floor this year were in transition. I don't really know what that number means either in terms of a percentage, but I looked it up and only Utah, the team that like played three seven-footers at times this year, only they had got ran in transition at a rate higher than 16.3%. So we know that that is a that is a weakness of of this Wolves team, this Wolves roster construction whatever and it needs to be to some extent counterbalanced by being able to be impactful on the offensive glass. I asked Rudy about that specifically at practice today that that balance between the two. Here's uh here's what Rudy had to say. Pretty specific to this to this matchup, Oklahoma City is a, a much smaller team. Obviously, you guys are as, as big as it gets out here. What's the? How do you take advantage of that, and, and how do you do that specifically? Transition defense versus crashing the offensive class. I think just doing, you know, doing what we do, uh, and obviously we know that they're going to try to push the pace. We know that it's a team that you know has a lot of young guys that want to spread the floor and then uh, and, and drive, yeah, really good drivers. So we just got to make sure we focus on transition defense and. Uh, and then getting the getting the rebounds and taking care of the ball. Do you have to choose one of those two? Like, does it need to be choosing between going crashing the offensive glass versus getting back on defense? I don't think so. I think you just can't be caught, get caught in between. You know, we, we used to say in Utah, we used to say no purgatory. You can't just 
not crash and not get back. So you're either gonna get back or you're gonna crash. And and obviously when you when you're at the top of the key and for the guards, like we we rather have them get back. For me, uh, probably rather have me go offensive rebound. I like that. No purgatory. Um, that that's what they got to do, right? As Rudy said, he's gonna probably be crashing the offensive glass. That's gonna be his job. So to that end, you know, it, it's kind of on the other four guys to be the ones who don't get caught in between there. And specifically, a lot of that falls on Cat, right? Is he's going to need to be intentional about getting back if if that is, you know, what the game plan. I it just doesn't seem like sending both Rudy and Cat to the glass is something that the Wolves will be able to afford to do, given that Oklahoma City will probably be able to take advantage of the the two centers then go in the other direction. Uh, the other area, though, that uh, I think Rudy's role will most stick out is in how he will be able to impact the game offensively when Cat is in the post and likely getting doubled there. That's I mean, Chris and I talked about that uh, after the Lakers game of, you know, what would have that looked like if, if Rudy Gobert in the fourth quarter was on the floor? And I kind of hypothesized that I think actually Rudy probably would have helped offensively. I mean, I guess it would be hard to be much worse on offense. The Wolves were in in the fourth quarter, but I'm really I'm really looking for that in this game because I do think against a small Thunder team that you are going to get the Wolves are going to look for post-ups. I would assume the Thunder are going to, you know, double that in a major way and and Cat's going to Cat's going to need to pass out of that. What what role there then does does Rudy play in being able to, you know, help punishing that once Cat does kick out or throw those alley oops to him? I, I asked Gobert about that. Here's what he had to say. Rudy, they're going to probably double Carl a lot. How do you help punish that? Uh, I mean, just by being in the right spot, you know, forcing the defense to make decisions, kind of like Brooklyn, kind of like in Brooklyn, you know. Just uh, Carl is a really good passer, and uh, he's going to be able to find uh, whoever whoever's open. And, if they don't double, he's going to go score. And if they double, he's going to find the open man. I think it's interesting that Gobert specifically named the Brooklyn matchup there when talking about punishing the double. Like, interesting in that, like, yes, Cat definitely did punish Brooklyn in the post a week ago or whenever that was. But also in that Gobert was on the bench for the final four minutes of that game. You know, whether Rudy is on the floor or not, when Cat is in the post, I do think Cat will get doubled. And I do feel relatively good about Cat's ability to be able to pass out of those doubles. I'm just curious what what Rudy's role in those in those pass outs will look like. I mean, these last five games have been some of the best passing games I've seen from Cat, like in his career. I've for a long time been concerned or down on Cat's ability to pass out of double teams, as we've you know seen that be problematic, particularly in the play in playoffs in, of of past years. I think Oklahoma City is going to have to double him consistently, and I think they will do it creatively. That's just kind of what they do. That should that should lead to a lot of kickout situations, and I would assume that leads to this being more of an assist game than a scoring game for Cat. And to that point, I, I was looking at prize picks. Uh, they're more or less than numbers. I think I really like cat over four and a half assists and i just if he plays well 
and the attention he's going to get, I, I think those, again, those pass out opportunities are going to be there. It's weird kind of balancing that against the scoring because you're going to need him to score too. The number uh, for cap points is 23 and a half. Not exactly sure what to do with that one. I, I guess I'd be tempted to say he scores 24 or more in this game, but I'm not sure how that squares with the idea that he gets five or more assists in the game. I think if I had to pick between the two, I'd say more than four and a half assists is more likely than more than 23 and a half points for Cat. Um, and then just kind of sticking on the, the prize picks topic because found it was interesting that those are already up on, you know, they're not, oftentimes they're not up until the day of the game. And I'm recording this the day before the game, but because they're up, I think, I don't know, I think these are kind of fun to, to run through. Ant splits for the game are set at 27 and a half points, six rebounds, and five assists. Uh, the one that sticks out most to me there is six rebounds. I, I think with Rudy back, again, assuming he is back, I think less than six rebounds for Ant is probably the smart pick there. I think those are my two favorite on the docket. Towns, more than four and a half assists. Ant, less than six rebounds. They've also got numbers up for Kyle Anderson, Torian Prince, Mike Conley. Gobert's not up there yet, I think, because they don't know if he's playing or not. Um, but uh, I, I figured I'd mention uh, prize picks again here because, I don't know, the, the, the season's on the line and um, feels like we know this team as, as well as we could know it at any point. And, you know, what better time to, you know, kind of make some picks and and put your uh, our money where our thoughts are. So prize picks, as I've been telling you all year, is a daily fantasy game, so you can play legally in Minnesota. Uh, if you haven't already created a prize picks account, you can do that at prizepicks.com. We're on the Prize Picks app. Prize Picks will throw you again a $100 sign-up bonus if you sign up using the promo code Dane. Promo code Dane at PrizePicks.com or on the Prize Picks app. Back to practice. Uh, let's pivot over to Ant uh, a little bit more. He's a hard one for me to think about in this matchup on Friday. I mean, part of you, right, wants to predict a big game from Ant. The season on the line and the lights on feels like that's something that we can bet on with him, that he's going to show up in those type of moments. But at the same time, that Lakers game is very much on our minds, right? And and related to that, where, where Ant's health is at. Ant was asked at practice today where he is physically after that Lakers game and and just what he's going to be able to, to bring, kind of looking for some sort of explanation of, of why he did kind of stall out there in the fourth quarter here was Ant on his health at practice. Uh, I feel great. Yeah, we're ready to play. And how are you just feeling physically? It looked like you were banged up the other night. What, what, what were you kind of going through and how tough was that? Nah, I'm all right. I'm good. Yeah, I'll be, I'll be ready to go tomorrow. Yeah. Was the shooting just an off night or was it, were you kind of hampered by something that was that was causing it? Yeah, I don't make excuses. Um, uh, just off night, man. Yes, off night. <laughs> Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. What is it going to take for you guys to pull it out tomorrow? I got to play better. Yeah, for sure. Well, there you go. He's he's got to play better. I uh, think we know that. Now, obviously, not a ton of detail from Ant on on his health, but he did say uh, he'll be ready to go tomorrow. For me, my my theory uh, on where you know he was at physically in that Lakers game is that he was exhausted. More than he was physically hurt. That's what it looked like uh, to my eye, watching it in person and then uh, rewatching it after the fact. I mean, yes, it, he did bang that shoulder good on the fall. 
So there's there's definitely was some sort of physical element to that, but it just really to me again looked like he kind of redlined uh, physically or in terms of his fatigue in that game and just couldn't really muster extra juice when they needed that in the fourth quarter. I think for him, he's just got like X amount of gas in the tank per game at this stage in his career. Like you'd like to think at 21, his energy is limitless, but I think we've seen that throughout the season that it's just not. And and to that end, it, it makes you think about how much he can do on the defensive side of the floor in addition to what his obvious offensive duties are going to be. My guess would be that we see Ant on Shea Gilgis-Alexander only situationally, maybe end of quarters, late in the game, if close. I think we kind of saw that pattern throughout the season, which would mean the primary matchup for, again, I would guess, uh, for SGA uh, when they start the game would be Mike Conley on him. But then also, I I think Nikhil Alexander-Walker gets a lot of reps on SGA, who is of course, uh, actually cousins uh, with Shea. Uh, Nikhil was was asked about that matchup against his cousin and how, oddly, I didn't realize this uh, before today, that he actually hasn't played uh, against the Thunder this season uh, due to the trade. So here's Nikhil uh, on the familiarity of that matchup and uh, what he feels that, that he can bring to this game. Weird that you haven't played him all season? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been uh, looking forward to that matchup in March and then got traded, so it's, it'll be good. You know, um, to finally get that in and hopefully get a win. Kiel, how does kind of just the familiarity that you two have like play into a matchup, like, and just maybe how you try to guard him, things like that? I mean, like, just knowing him so well, you try to get as much of a uh, of a scouting report put together to, to help us win. You know, and it's like kind of like when you play for a team and you get traded and you gotta play them, like you know their ins and outs and like just knowing him my whole life I feel like I know him pretty well and the best I can to help my team I'm gonna have to tell him everything I can to get that win because you know uh it's important for us and uh myself as well I just think Alexander Walker is really important this in this matchup you know not just for the purpose uh, of guarding SGA but because at this point with the team shorthanded no Jaden I I think he's gonna have a pretty big role in this one probably as you know, we'll, we'll see if Anderson or Prince starts. So then one of them will kind of be the, the sixth man and get the most minutes off the bench. But I, I would assume Nikhil is the seventh man, probably in that 20 plus minutes role that he was in uh, against the Lakers. And having the chance to to rewatch that Lakers game uh, last night, Nikhil really, really stood out to me. It was it was kind of he and kind of Jalen Noel, who were the only somewhat reliable options off the bench uh, against the Lakers. I think if Nikhil can stack another strong performance in this game against the Thunder, specifically, yes, like helping out on the SGA matchup, but just in general, if he can be consistent and reliable, he, he's making a case in my mind that that he really should be brought back going into next year. And personally, I don't know how much I've talked about him. I'm doing a lot of podcasts. I don't really remember, but I was kind of getting to the point of, feeling a little indifferent on on the need to to bring him back after the regular season. I've I've haven't been a believer uh in in his jump shot, but that Lakers game did a lot for me in my belief uh that that he could be a contributor for this team beyond this season if they are able to re-sign him in restricted free agency. That's all I got uh solo from me today, but still have Andrew Schlecht coming up here 
after the break to get a little bit of the OKC perspective. Uh, though before uh, we get to Andrew, I, I just thought it was really cool. I got some some pictures from uh, the the Falling Knife guys from the, the the live watch party they did on on Tuesday night for the Lakers game because it was nice. They got one of those big old TV trucks outside uh, on their patio for watching the game, and it was like very much that like concert in the park type of vibe. Uh, you, you can head over to, to Falling Knife's Twitter if you want to get a look at what the, the setup looked like. They told me they are going to be doing that again uh, Friday night for, for the Thunder game. So if you're not able to go to Target Center, I, I, I don't I don't know really where else you, you'd want to go uh, on Friday night for watching the game. If you're if you're looking to go out and about and have a couple beers and, and watch the, the Wolves play. So, again, that's Falling Knife Brewing Company. I've been telling you about them all year. Uh, they're in northeast Minneapolis. If you haven't tried it out. You're not going to the game. I, I think this is this is the perfect time. All right, we will take a quick break here and then come back to talk with Andrew Schlecht. There's gonna be a little bit of overlap in you know what I just talked about with the injuries and, and stuff like that, but we do get more into some of the nitty gritty things uh, about the matchup as the episode goes on. So back with Andrew Schlecht from the Athletic after this break. Today's show is brought to you by Land and Lore, and did you know that research shows Looking tired negatively affects your ability to be successful. As if life wasn't hard enough, right? But a study in the Sleep Journal found that individuals who were perceived as tired were less approachable than others. So good luck getting that raise, that girl or guy or that prospect. You're trying to land if people don't want to be around you. But don't worry, Land and Lore has you covered. At Land and Lore, they created products designed to wake your face up. So if you spend all night watching reruns of Ant putting it on Gabe Vincent or Pat Bev dancing on the scorer's table, they got you covered. And as fans of the Timberwolves, they know life isn't full of highlights, so they have one for you. Use promo code 20CAVEMAN at checkout on Amazon.com to get 20% off their two best items, the face cleanser and moisturizer. That's 20CAVEMAN for 20% off Land and Lore face cleanser and moisturizer when you purchase on Amazon. Today's show is sponsored by Shady Rays. Kick off the new year with new gear built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered from the sun to the slopes with premium polarized shades, customizable snow goggles, and much more. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that offers a world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair we've worn. Durable frames and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures. It's not all. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your pair, even on day one, they told us they will send you a brand new pair, no questions asked. Wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they have your back after you purchase. With Shady Rays, you can look good and feel good. To date, they have donated over 20 million meals to fight hunger with Feeding America. If you don't love them, exchange for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop with Shady Rays. Their team always has your back. And exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is giving out their best deal of the new year. Go to ShadyRays.com, use promo code DaneMore for 50% off two plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 20,000 people. Today's show is brought to you by Factor, and Factor is America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit that can help you fuel up fast this spring with ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. If you're just too busy to cook this spring with Factor, skip the trip to the grocery store, skip the chopping, the prepping, and the cleaning up. Factor's fresh, never frozen meals are ready in just two minutes. So all you got to do is heat them up and enjoy, and then you can get back outside. For me, why I've used Factor is to cut back on takeout. Save me money. It's definitely saved me time waiting for the food to get delivered. And then the food's just healthier. They offer a variety of options on the menu. Keto, calorie smart, vegan, protein plus. 
All of those options are prepared by chefs and approved by dietitians. So each meal has all of the ingredients you need to feel satisfied. And honestly, it just tastes good. So head to factormeals.com slash danemore50 and use code danemore50 to get 50% off your first box. That's code danemore50 at factormeals.com slash danemore50 to get 50% off your first box. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I've got Dane Moore here, Dane Moore Podcast, covering the Minnesota Timberwolves to give us a little perspective on what's going on in Minnesota. Dane, what's up, man? What's up? I'm excited, man. I'm I'm down to Dort. Uh, down to Dort. <laughs> No, we were just talking about before this, like this is uh, the, the Thunderer team I'm I'm interested by have been since since the beginning of the Dort days, the the CP days. They've been they've been my like closet league pass team that I that I watch a lot. So it's kind of nice for me from like a prep whatever standpoint where we have no yeah. time to prep. I'm like, yeah. I know the difference between the Jalen Williams, you know. So. There you go. <laughs> you mean the broadcast isn't educating you on which Jalen Williams is which? Dude, this is not that hard. I mean, I'm sure you guys talk about this all the time. J Dub J Will. It's just it's done. Let's just yes. just do that. It's not yes. it's not hard. Yeah. We could all agree to do that. It would make our lives uh, I, I would roll my eyes a lot less while yeah. watching every national broadcast. It's so bad. Um Okay, so you're coming from practice. The thing I'm most curious about with the Wolves is the health of Anthony Edwards because he looked pretty hobbled against the Lakers. What What's your feel on that situation? I think it was a lot more uh, fatigue and just kind of redlining uh, than it was like a specific ailment. Uh, he was like in the locker room in L.A. He had his knees all iced up and he had his like right hand wrapped in ice too. I was like when when he went down and just watching him play the last, you know, when he came back, put like the last 10 minutes of the fourth quarter, he was just so out of his like he just was not engaged whatsoever. And I thought you know, he landed on his head. I'm like, 
to myself, I'm thinking, was that like a concussion or something? Yeah, um, right. But but I think, right, like just hitting that red line in terms of fatigue can kind of be the same thing as, you know, not having having your head straight. So sure. that's where I think it's at. We asked him about it and he's a, I don't make excuses. I just had a bad game. You know, he didn't, he right. didn't go into it. He said his shoulder, like, I guess he more landed on his shoulder than his neck or head. He said right. the shoulder's a little sore when pressed on it, but he said he's playing. Um, Rudy Gobert is the one who is. Yeah, that was something that came from practice today. Yeah, tell us about that. Yeah, uh, well, Finch was expectedly elusive because from the Thunder perspective, right, you got to, the Wolves are two completely different teams Yeah, when they go double bigs versus single big, specifically if the single big is cat, right? Um, so from a Thunder Dagnault standpoint, you want them to make two game plans because they are completely different. Yep. Uh, but then, then we talked to Rudy, and Rudy said that he probably would not have played the the first plan game, even if he wasn't suspended. Uh, just seeing him moving around last week before the fight game, I mean, it was a classic case of really bad back spasms. Like he could not; it looked painful to bend over to put his shorts on, tie his shoes, all that. And it's still, at least what he said, it's still bothering him. Um, in it's getting better day by day, all that. I don't, I don't really get the sense that that was gamesmanship from him. I think it is bothering him to to some extent, though I'd be pretty shocked if he didn't play in the game. Though I've had that before, back spasms. Like you know, I have compassion for that injury. Like yeah. you, you can't do anything if your back is yeah. is locked yeah. up like that. So he's not going to be a hundred percent. Carl is still not quite a hundred percent, but he's he's played really well the last four games. I mean, it's it's Jaden McDaniel's out. And it's Nas Reed out that are the the injuries yeah. we know and are gonna hurt in this matchup. Uh, they'll mm-hmm. they'll really miss Jaden on Shea for sure. Yeah, yeah. What do you th- do? You think it'll be Ant then that guards Shea, or like how? Do, what direction do they go there? It'll be Ant end of quarters and in the fourth. I would guess that yeah. he'll he'll guard him. I think they'll probably put Conley on Shea uh, to to start and. Uh, they just kind of interchange a little, like literally Ant just decides at times like, nope, I'm guarding the best player, even when it's Jaden. Um, yeah. So, but it's it's not going to be the full game of, of Anton Shea at all. I, I don't even, Ant can't do that cardio wise and go be, you know, a 30 usage guy. He, he doesn't have that. They don't want him to do that. So I think you'll get a lot of Conley on, on Shea and, Different looks too. Nikhil, his cousin, uh, will yeah. will play. Um, mm-hmm. That that'll be the. I think that'll be the other guy you you mainly see on on Shea as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'll be. It'll be very interesting. The, these two teams are so different in their approach and their personnel. <laughs> um, I'm so I'm so intrigued by the matchup. I honestly don't even know how to think about it you know and some of that is like i don't know which wolves team is going to show up i think we know which thunder team is going to show up they mm. just are kind of who they are yeah but the wolves like from night to night from week to week it's like i don't know like how, how do you like how do you handicap it well even whenever they're at full strength like even back at the beginning of the season when both carl and rudy were playing it was really hard to like you know, you're just sitting there like, okay, who's going to guard who? Because <laughs> there's just, there's never, from the Wolves' perspective, never a, 
oh yeah, this is the place that makes sense to put Carl Anthony Towns or D'Angelo right. Russell back then or Rudy. Like the, the the Lakers game, I went in that Lakers game. Like I have no idea which Wolves player is going to guard which Lakers player, nor do I know which Lakers player is going to guard which Wolves player. Right, exactly. They're, they're, they're funky in that way, and it kind of yeah. ends up being one of those things where they start one way and it changes through the course of the game. That kind of to the Shea point, like it'll evolve uh, over the course of the game. But, I mean, it, it assuming Rudy's going to play, they'll stagger Rudy and Cap, but you're, these guys are going to play close to 40 minutes, right? Mm. High 30s. So you're going to get a lot of the double big look, and and that's that's where it starts for me from like a strategy on the margins, four factors type of thing is what's the balance of the Wolves going after the offensive glass yep. versus getting back on defense? And, and maybe some of your, your listeners look and they're like, oh, the Wolves are a terrible offensive rebounding team, which they were. They were 26th in offensive rebounding for the season, but... When Cat and Gobert both play, unsurprisingly, they're they're really strong in, in that way. They kind of they have the offensive rebounding rate of a top four team. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for me, just watching Valanciunas in that last game, I'm like, man, that looks like an opportunity yeah. for this Wolves team. But then I watched the Thunder get out in transition, and I've watched Cat and Rudy get blitzed in transition a lot, yep. starting at the beginning of the season by the Thunder three times. Um, I don't know. I, I think that's that's not like an in-the-weeds thing. It, it, it's going to be, do the Wolves win the offensive rebounding battle or do the Thunder kill them in transition? It, that is a huge, huge factor to me in this. Yeah, I agree. It's a huge inflection point. And the Thunder had to switch to zone in the mm-hmm. middle of the first quarter last night yeah. in order to kind of save the day. Wolves because suck I, against zone. Hmm. I mean, third, I would, third worst. I would not, you're going to see it. Zone. I don't know if they'll start out that way, but you're mm-hmm. going to see that certainly from the Thunder just because when it was one-on-one and Valanciunas would just shove Jay Will <laughs> underneath the rim and then he was he could just eat whatever he wanted. Yeah. And, you know, I, I thought Jay Will played really well last night. He I did. thought he gave all that he could. But so he he guards Cat? He guards, I think they stick him to Rudy and I, I, I think that they give J-Dub the, mm-hmm. the Cat assignment. So, so then that's another big thing. To, like that has historically been problematic. Like Batum last year was awesome. Like that having a power forward on Cat. Even this is pre Rudy, right? It, even when Cat sure. was the five, you put like a Batum on Cat and you bring the double, and that totally flummoxed Cat in in the past. Mm-hmm. But he honestly, man, since he's been back, he's been passing really well out of doubles for the kind of like the first time in years. Yeah. So that's another inflection point I'm looking at too. Of obviously they're gonna if Cat gets position, they're gonna need to bring a double if J Dub's on him, mm-hmm. and and what you know, how do the Thunder scramble out of? Because Cat will kick through that. He's or kick out of that. He's not gonna try and force force his way through it. So mm-hmm. then it comes down to shooters around him. Um, I think that's interesting. Do they start Kyle Anderson and Torian Prince? I would play Torian Prince as, as much as you can when it's double bigs like that. Yeah. So you have another have another shooter there. But yeah, I mean, if it's single coverage, Cat will Cat will get it against J Dub. Yeah. Um, I think Brooklyn is a really good example. I, I was gonna actually ask you this. Do you think that Brooklyn is the most similar team to OKC who's acknowledging OKC is not like anybody else? 
Yeah, with just like all the wings yeah. they have. I mean, probably so. They don't really have a Nick Claxton type of guy. So the Wolves their- the Wolves played Brooklyn mm-hmm. last Tuesday, like 10 days ago. Yep. Something like that. I don't even know what day it is. Um, but uh, Brooklyn then pulled Claxton in the fourth quarter, mm-hmm. and they just went with like a thundery type lineup, like no center. Mm-hmm. And what the Wolves did was they didn't, close with Gobert and they just had Cat play the five and Gobert sat the last four or five minutes of the game. Yeah. And that worked really well. They played Brooklyn two weeks before that and lost when they left Gobert on the floor for for the entirety of the game. Mm. So if this one's close and when you factor in Rudy's back, I don't think Rudy closes this game. Um, Yeah. Which is, I mean, I think it will be decently close and uh, that will be (laughs) if, if if Rudy closes the game on the bench and the Wolves lose, that will be that will be bad imagery in Minnesota. Yeah, and the thing with pulling him off at the end of the game is like the Thunder's bread and butter is just touch paint, mm-hmm. like get there. Yep. you know whether that's Giddy or Jadub, and certainly Shakeel Alexander, he's gonna get there. I think the I think they'll shred the Wolves that way again. To the Brooklyn example, Dinwiddie just did that over and over again it's that same thing it's like the it's the driving to eight feet like almost not even with the intention to shoot just to get the defense to collapse and kick and then i think it'll come down to what are the shooters around you know around if it's shea who's initiating in that way Mm -hmm. dort j-dub whatever uh giddy you know i know giddy was making some shots in the last game but Mm -hmm. um that that's going to be huge i think because that's going to be a 48 minutes type. That's going to be the Thunder's game plan the whole time, right? It's just yeah. touch the paint, kick out to shooters. How well do the Wolves scramble out? I mean, now if it's Cat, too, you got two bigs scrambling out to that. It could be really open looks for the Thunder. But even open looks, I don't, I'm don't. i not super confident in those sh- shooters for, for the Thunder yeah. to, to knock them down. As inflection point is maybe the, the key word yeah. of this. But uh, yeah. that that's a big inflection point, too, for me. Yeah, it's a big one. And I mean, the Thunder... They had guys that typically don't make threes play pretty well in Gideon Dort, but they still shot poor. Did they? The three last night. And so. It's, yeah, 11 for 37. Yeah. Yeah. It's not good. I, I think we remember all 11 of them because <laughs> it was from Dort and yeah. Gideon for the most part. And it's like, right. whoa, those guys are making shots. But just like nobody else did. You know, mm-hmm. J Dub had a couple corner threes that were just like, just bare naked just like he can just right. have it and he missed um joe's got to yeah. play a lot isaiah joe's gonna be another one he he hit one three last night but the way that man the the pelicans are just so pesky yeah. they just have the the right personnel to kind of mess with the thunder mm. um with their long rangy wings and that's where like mcdaniels was gonna be a big problem you know yeah for the thunder is like he provides like similar stuff mm-hmm. um and then without him i mean is it is the expectation torian prince be prince, the guy kind of step prince in? is like that i mean yeah. not, i'm not saying he's but that peskiness you're talking sure. about if if jade mcdaniels is herb jones to the pelicans example you know tp is like trey murphy right mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Nikhil alexander walker i think that'll probably stick out to thunder fans of like oh this guy's annoying you know um yeah and and he was he was great in the Lakers game. He's been like yeah. super up and down since he got here. But given that this team is more shorthanded, like 
he was the only reliable bench piece in the uh, in the in the Lakers matchup. You, you add Rudy back, you move Kyler TP uh, to the bench, so you'll have two. But that's another thing too is they Wolves don't the Wolves can't go deep on their bench right now. Um, so that I think again, if I'm diagonal for obvious reasons, you're trying to get out and transition and run on them, mm-hmm. but also get, get the wolves tired. Like the yeah. thunder, the thunder are in better shape than the Minnesota Timberwolves are. That's just sure. a fact. And the wolves are significantly bigger and stronger. That that's the other fact. It goes back mm-hmm. like the rebounding and transition are like the stats we can look at for that. But yeah. those identities kind of clashing, um, will be. What speed or size? What wins out? I mean, I know that's super distilled down, but there, there's a whole list of ways in the game that that will will come to fruition for the Wolves, or it won't. Yeah, yeah. This is it's going to be such a fun matchup, and mm-hmm. I love the single elimination yeah. factor of it. It's just a blast. Um, yeah, I I can't wait. Um, Do you okay. think that like the Thunder feel confident about yeah. being able to win this? Yeah. Yeah, especially with the way that they looked post game, like they didn't celebrate like mm. they had really done anything. That's kind of cool. I was, I was very curious to see what that looked like, you know, because they're so young. They didn't get Omarui out there and take a, a team photo. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we it's did just, it. <laughs> it's yeah, it's they they looked like okay, great on to the next one, you know. And I was I was very curious to see what they would look like because part of them is like they don't know enough to know what right. this moment should feel like. You know, they're not there yet. And they, they got a couple guys like they though. Did, so. They got a couple guys the 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 leaders though. I mean, Dort has played in the playoffs. Dort, Shea is, you know. Yeah, Shea's played in two playoff series. Yeah. I mean, they 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 have been there before, not as the key guys. Mm. Um So yeah, I mean I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I most people picked that I spoke to picked the Pelicans to beat the Thunder just because of the lack of experience. And if you watched that game last night, Didn't I don't know that you could, you couldn't tell that there was a lack of experience. You couldn't tell. I mean, you couldn't, if you were trying to like, Hey, tell me how old that six, eight Australian right. player is, <laughs> you know, I mean, he's they're like, Oh, he's probably 25. You know, it looks like he's like entering his prime. It's like, no, he's 20 years old. Right. You know? And with the way he's performing is, I, it was astonishing to me so yeah i man i i don't know i i don't know how to think about them because last night they really showed something that was surprising to be honest but they've been a little from from you know i'm not watching every game but they've been a little bit of a roller coaster the last the final 10 games of the the regular season too where i mean i I give them and dagnall specifically credit for like having an identity which they absolutely have yeah, it's it though it is hit, even though they play within their identity all the time, it's hit and miss. The Wolves are hit and miss when they do play to their identity or don't play to their identity. There's like a there's some some sort of a, a difference there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Wolves fans are probably hoping for that inexperience or that. But yeah, no, I, I'm just thinking of it like, no, if you're the Wolves, like you got to play your game. You absolutely should beat this team if we're just mm-hmm. looking at talent versus talent. Um, mm-hmm. but in, in a lot of ways, I mean, what we, we've said all year covering this team is yes, you had Rudy Gobert, you had Mike Conley, you had Kyle Anderson, some vets, but the Wolves play like a youthful slash inexperienced slash immature team. 
that has been their identity much more than it has been having two bigs this year. And what what is the level of maturity that the Wolves are going to bring to the game and I'd focus for 48 minutes? I mean, they just stall out. They just stall out at times. And then they have high highs, too, where you're like, actually, I could see them winning a couple games against Memphis or Denver or whatever it mm-hmm. might be. They're just... I thought, that, dur- I the thought that during the Lakers game at points. Yeah. I was like, wow, okay. No, they, yeah. they and they're like the the guys down the the Torian princes the Kyle Andersons who are not again if you're a Thunder fan not the first names you're thinking of in this matchup like th- those dudes those dudes don't see themselves as these like bit piece role players like they see themselves as big parts of that they're not gonna like I mean Torian Prince is gonna try and come out and like punk the young guys yeah at, and and uh, like how do, how do the Thunder you know react to that. The Wolves are like in a weird way, sneaky deep too. where I wasn't shocked that they came out and compete super shorthanded, competed with, you know, the Lakers team because a guy like Torian Prince goes from 15 minutes to, you know, I think I think he put like 40 in that game. Like they, they have guys who can kind of scale up in, the, in that way. So you miss Nas Reed, you miss Jaden McDaniels, but they do, particularly with Rudy back, um, you, you can plug those holes in in a way where you're not going to be like, this is an obvious issue that, that the Wolves have. I, I don't think it, I don't think that is going to show up from a personnel standpoint, at least. Mm-hmm. Okay, Dane, let's make, make your pick. Who's going to win tomorrow? I, I, I do. I do think the Wolves will win. Um, I, I think it is like the, the identity and the trade itself are very much on the line here. Mm-hmm. I, and yeah. and you would hope that they realize that if they if they got to go home without playing in the playoffs at all this year, that is that's going to be bad optics, man. And yep. and I think I think the players know that um, in the locker room after the Lakers game, they're all like, we're straight, like we're going to take care of business on Friday. You know, they didn't know who the, the opponent was in that in in that way, but they still view themselves as honestly like a middle to top of the West team. And will they, you would hope if you're a Wolves fan that they actually put that into action on the floor. So yeah, I, I, I will, I'm more confident about the Wolves beating the Thunder than I would have been uh, against the Pelicans. And I do say that as somebody who's like, I will be watching every Thunder game if they make it. <laughs> I, I am intrigued and a borderline fan of, of Oklahoma City, but the Wolves should yeah. be able to handle them. What do you think? Yeah, I, gosh, I I think that I'll take the Wolves as well. Like the the true pressure is going to be on them. Oh yeah, like perform the Thunder. Like this is all gravy for them. Mm-hmm. And so I think I think Edwards is going to show up in a big way, just because of how he played against the Lakers. And so I kind of better, expect, <laughs> I kind of expect, um, I kind of expect a big game from him. So. It'll, but I think it'll be a close one. I know? do too. Which should make it fun, right? And 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 Ant had out Lakers game withstanding these type of high leverage national TV. I mean, he's twenty one too, and that stuff mm-hmm. that stuff absolutely matters to him. He knows that there's going to be a ton of people watching, and just like he doesn't play well when they're playing Detroit because he knows no one's watching. Like that. Right. That's his identity. You know that that's that that's been his identity thus far in his career, and and for sure this season. Yeah. Well, go listen to 
the Dane Moore NBA podcast. It's a very good show. It'll inform you on the Timberwolves and really a lot of other NBA stuff, too. So go listen to that. Uh, Dane, thanks so much for coming on the show. Yeah, man. Uh, appreciate it. Um, I'm sure I'll be uh, be texting you tomorrow as this crumbles or whatever the hell happens, man. I, I don't know. I'm, I, if this season mercifully dies, um, part of me will be okay with that. <laughs> so we'll see. I'm, I'm hoping to cover a playoff series, but, uh, but we'll see what happens. Thank you for having me. Feeling better, hope it never stop, yeah Green it hard so you can find me in the crowd, yeah, yeah Don't let standards ever, ever bring you down, yeah Hope you dancing like nobody else around, yeah